about Shout that. Bam, we're live. Don, uh, good morning. Below you is Caleb Beaver from an undisclosed location. Very, <laughs> I suspect you maybe have been. <laughs> and, uh, and Matt Souza, the owner of CrossFit Livermore. Um, I should have asked you before. We, uh, is it okay if we start four minutes early? Absolutely. Let's do it. Oh, oh, that room is awesome. The acoustics. I like this room that you're in. All right. All right. Yeah. Oh, good start. Yeah, furniture, couches, blankets. It, it stops the echo a little bit. I moved all the furniture around this morning to make sure the acoustics were perfect. You the man. <laughs> hey, in that in that other room, there's like this huge machine behind you. Is that like a that's like a copy fax machine scanner? The whole yeah, yes. <laughs> that's to complete the aesthetic. Is the the big HP printer there? So L- look how hard I work. Is that thing from 1987? Um, it is. is. Why it's so- it is. It is. I get. A, I bought like seven thousand toner, uh, <laughs> so I'm just milking that thing forever. <laughs> that that's like the size. It's like in jugs in your garage. <laughs> exactly. I make my kids refill it. It's great. Three kids. That's right. Um, I I, I, I watched so many videos on you in the last few days. Five seven nine. Correct. Wow, impressive. I was like, what if they got older? I have uh, two five-year-olds and an um, eight-year-old. Okay. Boys, so, girls? Boys, all three boys. I'm kind of in the and same you, boat as you. So you had, the, you had the twin boys after the first one, huh? Yes. I, I have the same thing as you, but I have the dumb version of humans, the man version. <laughs> well, yeah, I think you're going to be getting the last laugh in about five years when I've got three teenage girls, so. We'll it's going to be amazing. Uh, and you're sure. just up the, you're just up the road from me. You're actually kind of equidistant between um, where I live and where Matt Souza lives. I'm in Santa Cruz and he's up in Livermore. Oh, perfect. Yeah. I'm uh, right up on the peninsula. So not far. I'm down in Santa Cruz two, three days a week now. It's funny. Cause I looked up your neighborhood uh, yesterday to check out your commute. It is, it is a, um, I mean, you're going the opposite direction of traffic, but you have to go over the 17. That's a, um, that, that's Ooh. a that's a little bit of a tedious haul every day. You know what? It's it's uh, if I leave at the right time, it's like 40, 45 minutes door to door. So it's not bad. And it's a pretty drive. As long as there's no accident on 17, it works out nicely. And uh, what Don is saying is very valid. As long as there's no accident, that place, it's basically a two lane highway each direction, super windy through the mountains. Yeah. And there's zero alternatives. So if that thing shuts down, you're just sitting in it. So. I was actually, I kind of fell down a rabbit hole yesterday and I was looking, the original road that came over the hill was the road called old San Jose road. It was Mm. built in 1853 and it was made of obviously of dirt. And I was just imagining coming (laughs) over that pass on a horse and buggy. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That would have been pretty intense. I watched all, everything I could find on YouTube about you. Well, there's not much, so that's good. There is, hey, there isn't that much, um, but there was a, there was a talk um, from about eight years ago that you did at a conference, um, and I think it was about eight minutes long, and it talked about, I think you were at Pinterest at the time. Okay. And you talked about the challenges of uh, growth there, which I thought were really cool, and the differences between the group that starts a company versus the group that kind of carries it into the next phase. It was, it was a really good talk. Your your talk with the guy, um, it's some sort of military podcast, 
It's about 50 yeah. minutes long and you basically are giving advice on how to transition out of the military. That actually, of all the ones I listened to that, that one's money. Good on you for doing that. Oh, thank you. Well, I was, uh, I was super lucky. I got off active duty in 2004 and I've got actually two younger brothers, both Marine veterans as well. And the transition is kind of brutal. Like it, it's, uh, you go through this thing of getting excited to get off active duty and then you have no idea how to think about it, you know, what, what to do, where to look, how to talk about and communicate what you've done. So I was super lucky to to talk to a bunch of folks when I was getting out of the Marine Corps who were super helpful to me. And so I've always felt, you know, a bit of a responsibility to, you know, try to pay it forward and help other folks as they go through their journey. It, um, t tons of insecurity, right? Because you're basically working in this bubble, even though you might be highly skilled, you might be highly competent. Basically, in this video, you talk about you're so insecure because you're not sure how these skills are going to translate to the real world. But really, you have no reason to be insecure. You have insane skills. Yeah, it takes you a little while to realize that. Like I went to, you know, I was lucky enough to go to grad school. And I remember, you know, starting a business school and sitting next to all these folks who have been at investment banks and consulting firms doing strategy X, Y, and Z. And half the classes we went through, I had literally zero context around. And I remember this overwhelming sense of imposter syndrome and holy shit how am i possibly going to be successful i don't even know what the professors are talking about and it takes a while before you realize that actually like all of the hands-on leadership experience that you've had is you know one of the most important things and most of the folks around you have not had an opportunity to do any of that so um but it can be it definitely can be a bit, bit of a daunting transition initially uh, it, it's kind of in the vernacular too right they start totally. using they start using all of the it's kind of like that for when I first started working at CrossFit I was surrounded by mill guys surrounded by them <laughs> and and yeah. I couldn't even understand what they were saying the vernacular but but it was oh. the same thing when I would talk to other guys and I'd been a at CrossFit media for 15 years and I would speak to the head media guy at the UFC and because our culture is so different at CrossFit I didn't understand any of their vernacular I mean we weren't allowed to use words like marketing when I was there totally <laughs> Totally. No, that's exactly right. And when you eventually break it down to simple language and single terms, you realize it's not as complex as you thought it was. But the, the vernacular can be intimidating. There was this thing I learned from working with people, the, the mill guys, uh, specifically, I'll cho choose the one that still works there now, Dave Castro. There was this mm -hmm. thing now that people project onto him that, that, that um, he doesn't behave professionally. And maybe that would have been my perspective when I first came there because I was the dirt twirling hippie from Berkeley and I believed in all the political correctness stuff and I believed in, in, in just a certain protocol. You know, are you sure this is okay? Is this – does this bother you? Is this – but after nice working with Dave for five years and a ton of other mill guys, Jimmy Letchford, Andy Stump, just, you, mm -hmm. I mean, the names go on and on, um, totally. Todd Widman, uh, I realized that the script was actually flipped. They were the real professionals. Mm -hmm. And the definition of profession that I would use is their decisions had the utmost importance. Because it would, they would, they they were, they were used to making decisions that were life or death. Are we going to eat tonight? Are we going to live tonight? Where are we going to sleep tonight? Who's going to shoot at us tonight? And I'm like, holy fuck, these are the real professionals. But yeah. but the rest of the world wasn't hadn't. Um, they were looking for the suit and tie, mm. and yeah. and the uh, and the salutations and the niceties. But the actual effectiveness was with 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 these guys. It was weird. It was it was a tough transition for me. Yeah, yeah. No, I I get that, and and. One of the things I appreciated about my time in the military that I think is 
is you know a pretty consistent theme with the veterans is you learn really early there that your decision makings are always oriented around you know we used to say at the naval academy they taught us ship shipmate self like it's always about the mission it's always about your teammates next and then it's about yourself last so it's never about your own interests and your own priorities and and i was super grateful to learn that and i think that's a pretty consistent thing that you see in veterans who are about okay what is and you know i think dave emulates this like hey it's about getting it done it's about you know putting all of our efforts towards what's more, most important for the collective not the individual uh, your your uh your path is kind of nuts it's kind of like it, it's kind of like you were made for this mm. um and as i watched all these videos um it, it made me it made me really happy it's it's like you you talk openly about how this is your dream job you know, I've never heard like someone become the CEO of Coca-Cola and be like, oh, that was my dream job. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure they're excited about the paycheck and the equity, but but you, you were pretty open and giddy that you got this gig and you're open about your nervousness during the application process. It was really cool. Mm -hmm. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, I have definitely had a little bit of a weird, bizarre background, kind of every step. You know, I grew up in this, this little town in New Jersey without much military legacy in my family and was lucky enough to kind of discover the military, make the decision as a 17 year old to go to the Naval Academy, having literally zero idea what I was getting myself into. But, but that 10 years, you know, between my time at Navy and then my time on active duty was so formative for me. Uh, gosh, what a privilege. I learned so much surrounded by such amazing people. And then to go from that to, you know, the Valley and go into an early stage consumer technology company. I mean, going from Google to the Marine Corps, it's like one end of the cultural spectrum to the other. They could not have been more different, which was amazing for me because I got to learn a whole host of completely new things. And then, you know, super lucky and fortunate to get a chance to work at some cool companies. And then serendipity comes along and the opportunity with my last company, Athos, which started to make the bridge from tech into sports performance, fitness, health, which has always been an interest and passion of mine. And then CrossFit. I mean, it's, you know, it's, I think the takeaway for me is like, you can't, you just can't script your career. When I talk to people all the time, like you can't look 15 years out and, and map your way. I think the best you can do is try to make sure you're in a role that you love, where you feel like you can have an impact and help the people around you. And then, you know, when the opportunities come along, hopefully you have a chance to jump on it. And so, yeah, this is, I mean, I never would have imagined I'd be here when I started CrossFit seven, eight years ago, but yeah, really amazing. And, and kind of funny how my respective experiences, I think, align up to hopefully put me in a position where I can really help in this role. Uh, born in Al Allendale, New Jersey, uh, obviously did well in high school, end up going to the Naval Academy from there, enter the Marine Corps. Yep. So, so somewhere you pick up rugby in, in 1998, you're named an all American in uh, rugby. So, so right off the bat, like, Hey, this guy is a glutton for punishment and there's no laziness in him. Mm. Uh, are, are your brothers older or younger? They're younger. So they're younger. twins. Uh, oh, they're five years younger. Oh, you're shit. a natural leader. And the first born's um, always the leader. <laughs> yeah. Do, do, did they, do you remember them looking up to you as a kid? Uh, oh, you know, yes. Uh, you know, we were, you know, I, we had that age where we were five years. So until I was probably 16 or 17, 
you know, we hung out, but, but we mostly battled, right? It was that, that uh, sibling um, dynamic. And then when I went to college, they started to get to a point where we went from like younger, older brother to super close friends. And, um, you know, it's funny, my brother, one of my brothers grew up absolutely from the age of 12 saying, hey, I want to go into the military. The other one went the other direction, went to University of Colorado. Of the three of us actually had fun in college, had a great time, and then surprised us all senior year and said, hey, I want to go in the Marines. He ended up being a Marine pilot. The uh, the the youngest one, the one that went to the uh, University of Colorado. Correct. Yeah, he's the older wow. of the two twins. But yeah, he was the one who surprised us. We thought, you know, he was having a great time in college, zero interest whatsoever, and then senior year said, "Hey, this is for me." Ironically, he ended up staying in the Marine Corps the longest. He did about 10, 11 years. I don't mean to be confrontational with you so quickly in the podcast, but the opposite <laughs> of the Marine Corps is the University of Portland, if there is one, not the University <laughs> of Colorado. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, uh, yeah, I apologize for being contentious early. Um, oh, I love it. Uh, so then from there, after um, a- after that, you get out and you – which is I'm, – I'm reading through the lines here, but to hide, you go to Stanford. Fucking weird place to hide. To buy yourself <laughs> some time to kind of assimilate back to the public would probably be more accurate. You choose to go to one of the most difficult schools uh, in the world. Well, I, you know, it's funny when I got out of the Marine Corps, I had absolutely no idea what I wanted to do. I went from this moment of like, yes, like I'm going to be out of the Marine Corps. I can start. the next. Why did you life. get out, Don? Sorry. Why did you leave? You know, it's a combination of, yeah, for sure. Uh, there are elements of it I loved and I was in, you know, when I got out, I was in what for me was like the dream job in the military. I was at this unit called first force reconnaissance company. I was a team commander. It was the dream job. There were two things I knew most likely I was not going to be a career guy. You know, if, if you end up staying in the career for the folks who do it, you have to check a bunch of boxes and you have to go from an operational job to administrative jobs. And I, I just didn't have passion for that. I, I love the operational elements of it, but um, I didn't really have uh, interest in uh, some of the other roles that would have been necessary. And I knew at some point that I wanted to have a family. And as, as you know, as is obvious, especially during that time frame, you're deploying once every 18 months or so. It's really, really tough. The big driver, though, honestly, was I had a boss um, in the Marine Corps who was tough, uh, just a uh, really tough person to work for. Um, uh, ethically, bunch of issues from a leadership perspective that made it really, really hard. And it had, I didn't have the love and passion showing up for work every day that I had had. It was, I was super bummed. I, I uh, that's, again, that I fits that that fits job. that motto where they or that line that tagline people don't leave jobs they leave people a hundred percent yeah a hundred percent and that was absolutely it for me I would have stayed in at least another year and a half two years so and you're you were tip of the spear marine recon there's the there, right there's seals there's para rescue um, there's rangers there's delta force I mean you you that marine recon once again. Uh, you know, all American and rugby, uh, Stanford. And here's another example. You were a Marine and then you had to be like, Hey, I'm going to choose that path. And you went the hardest path, right? Uh, yeah, that's one. Yeah. Certainly one way of looking at it. It was, you know, for me, you know, I guess I've always been somewhat motivated by kind of what's the next challenge, what's the next hard thing. And, and, you know, as much to prove to myself, like, can I do it? I actually like growing up, I was not a great athlete. I was an okay athlete, but I had a little bit of a chip on my shoulder because 
I had no, um, no path coming out of high school to playing college, even though I desperately wanted to. And so I think I came out of high school with a little bit of a chip, like, hey, can I prove to myself that I can actually, you know, get to that level? And so, yeah, Force Recon was another kind of step on that path and, and a chance to work with who I perceive to be, you know, the most elite, the best Marines in the Marine Corps uh, within our, our domain. I, I had a guy on here, uh, Roger Sparks, the other day. He's a little bit older than you. He's he's fifty, and he was he was Marine Recon, and he chose Marine Recon because his dad was an enforcer of the Mongols. Mm. But these are two common stories I'm hearing of the boys that go to the tip of the spear that something else wasn't working out, but they were going to show you. And then the other group of boys was like, fuck this. I'm out. This lifestyle, like home, home was hard. Oh yeah. And they, and, yeah. and they still want to be badasses, but home was like, home was like going to be a dead end. Like you, you were, you were headed to jail. Yeah. No. And I was, I was fortunate. I could not have come from a more blessed upbringing. Uh, amazing. So for me, it was this little growing up, probably a little bit of a chip to like, Hey, can I prove that I can do this? And, and, and you, that can be squandered. Mm-hmm. Like, like, like the, the I, mean, I mean, we see, we see it all the time, right? People who, who you're saying you had this blessed upbringing, but that doesn't, that doesn't do anything for you except, I mean, it, 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 the opportunities still have to be taken. Yeah, no question. And, and, you know, I, you, I could, have a, in, you could have a CrossFit yeah. gym right next door to you, but if you don't sign up, you're not getting fit. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, totally. And, and I think it's actually quite easy. You know, my, I, I look back and think I'm really grateful to my parents because I, I, we didn't want for anything. And yet, you know, my parents taught us that the value of hard work and perseverance. And so I think it's easy, you know, if you grow up in a, in a blessed upbringing, it can be easy to not develop, you know, that muscle to, to not face adversity, to take the easy path. And so I feel really lucky that I had this great upbringing, but also came out of it with a real hunger to try to prove things to myself. Like that you turn that, you leverage that chip, you leverage your ego hundred percent. Yeah. It's an interesting, my wife and I talk about it all the time because she had a similar, my wife was much better athlete than me, you know, much better student than me, much better on most dimensions, but she also lucky upbringing, but also came out with this. We have a little bit of this. We kind of half joke about it, like irrational competitive streak that comes out in all sorts of weird ways. But I look back and I'm super grateful for it because I think it led to a lot of opportunities for both of us. Um, yesterday, uh, I don't remember what I think I was, I think, oh, I think we were at like a a tennis tournament or something and then she was going to take them somewhere else. And I had to come home and prepare for Dawn fall. And I I actually felt a little competitive. I said, oh shit. She goes, what? I'm like, you might be about the better parent today. Like I want to go to bed every (laughs) night being the better parent. It was weird. She looked at me like I was crazy, but it's good. Those things are good. If you can say that again. I said, I get that look a lot. You might be crazy. Yeah. Uh, but, but it's good when you see those things because you can leverage those things for a positive, you, you know? It, exactly. And, you know, and now I think I'm at the point in my life where I can also be aware of there are ways that it can manifest in ways that aren't the most constructive. Um, and so being a little bit more conscious of that as well. Um, Don, can you do these? Uh, we, we reached out to Don. Don, can you do the podcast? He said, absolutely. Then we said, how about 7 a.m. Pacific Standard Time? And Don says, uh, I prefer nine. I have to deal with, I have not deal. I mean, it was a nicer word than that. I'm working with my daughters in the morning and I need to get a workout in. And I'm like, oh man, this is, 
You won them over right then. Oh, I'm like, this is so good. Because that's, I mean, that's why I should get everything out of the way first thing in the morning so I can spend the rest of the day with my boys. Like, I, I need that time. And yeah, working 100%. out, I have to work out. Even if it's one in the morning, I have to go to the garage. Yeah, you don't want to be around me if I'm missing workouts. So it's not pleasant. <laughs> so so it, it, you're being serious. It really is. You need that mentally, physically. Oh, 100%. Check that box. 100%. Yeah, I, uh, you know, it's interesting. I, when I got, when I got out of the Marines, started working at Google, Facebook, I actually got in a path where, where uh, I was working too much and not taking care of myself. I was eating my shits. I was not working out, not training. And it was a bad spiral. It was a did bad Did you get spiral. chubby? Did you get, did you I, get did. You? I did. I did. I did. I remember, you know, one of my friends at some point, we had posted, I was, I was still doing triathlons at that point, but one of my friends made some comment. I was like, shit. <laughs> I need to get my house in order. Uh, aren't aren't so, friends great? Aren't friends great, dude? <laughs> for sure. I mean, especially my, you know, my military friends, like mince no words. Uh, so, which I appreciate. Um, I, 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 a few weeks ago, I had sent Dave a text saying, Hey dude, long time, buddy. Like, what's up? Like you just vanished off the face of the earth. What your new job got you busy. This fucking guy comes over last week and text me and goes, Hey, your garage door's open. That means he's pulled up to my house. I haven't seen, <laughs> seen or talked to him. I opened the gate and he goes, fuck, you got old. <laughs> I mean, I'm like, at least Don can lose some weight. What do you want me to do? I can't, I can't turn back. I can't turn back the, the clock. That's your way of bonding after I send you a nasty text. That's how we show her uh, affection. I remember my mom, the first time she met my friends from the Naval Academy, she heard us hanging out for a while, just giving each other shit. And she said, wait, Don, these are your friends. <laughs> right. and I said, yeah, mom, mom, this is how we show our affection for each other. We tear each other down. So it's your love language. <laughs> exactly. It's our love language. Don, what, what do your parents do or what did they do? Um, so my mother, uh, my mother was a nurse. And, um, she was actually, she, um, uh, up until she, she had me, um, was kind of full-time professional nurse. Um, and when, um, when I was born, basically kind of put that all to the side, put her career to the side as was often the case, I think for a generation. And she raised me and she raised my brothers. She sounds um, smart. She's yeah, smart. And she definitely took the harder path. Zero question about that. I didn't, didn't recognize that, but now having, having little kids. Um, my dad was, um, uh, he worked in environmental engineering, um, and had a law degree. So he worked at companies really early on in the uh, early eighties when the EPA started cracking down on, on kind of super fun type stuff. He worked at a firm that would take toxic waste and help companies remediate it, uh, and did that for a long time. And you went to engineering school at the Naval Academy. I did. Yep. Studied engineering there. And, and in one of the interviews, you said something about, um, your parents wanted you to serve, what does that mean they wanted you to serve? If I'm if I'm a parent, I'm scared to death to send my mm -hmm. Sistine Chapel, my greatest piece of artwork, off to for sure in harm's way. What what does that mean they wanted you to I, I think for my parents it was about teaching us that we had a responsibility to give something back. Peace Corps, you know, Peace Corps, Peace Corps. Yeah, and that could be anything. Actually. <laughs> yeah. Not Marine Recon, you know, Peace military Corps. Military light. <laughs> totally. And I think if my brothers and I had chosen that path, they would have been 100% okay with it. Or if we had chose to volunteer in our town, or if we had done whatever it is, I think there's a million ways. But my parents wanted us to know that, like, hey, yes, we live in this. We were blessed growing up. We live in this amazing society, the best society on the planet. And you, we, as members of that society have a responsibility to do something and give back. This does not all come for free. And so 
that manifested in, in military for us. But I think the, the broader issue and the broader notion was about giving back, about service. How, how, how happy are your parents? They probably don't even know what you're doing right now. You are now in the leadership position. And, and obviously I'm biased, but all by side, you're now in the leadership position of a company, the, a, a community, a community. I don't know what, what it is. A movement. Uh, that, that could have the greatest impact the planet's ever the, the planet's ever seen in terms of just what making humans better, letting the letting humans setting humans free, making humans comfortable with themselves, letting them live longer. It's nuts. Does she know? Do your parents know? Do your parents do CrossFit? They don't. I'm working on it. I'm yeah. working on it. Yeah. Um, it's hard. It's hard to get them to. I got my mom to, but and she cries to this day. Like she can't believe she does it. And my mom's yeah. not a crier at all. But she'll be like, yeah. "Thank you for introducing me." Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Do your parents know? Do your parents know like what, where you've landed? I think on one dimension, I think they see and hear from me how happy I am. And, you know, they know me well enough to be really happy about that, obviously. And as, as, you know, as a parent, you are with your children. I think, you know, and I think this is in general, like if you're not inside the community, it's hard to get it. Even for folks who work in the fitness industry or if you're in the community, it's hard to get. It's hard to get it. And, and totally. I mean, this is like one of our biggest challenges. Like, how do we communicate this thing that we all feel that is really hard to put words around and really hard to internalize for folks who haven't experienced it themselves? And so, um, you know, I think my, my parents absolutely can see how energized I am, despite how insanely busy things are. They're really excited about that. I talk, I talk a lot about it. You know, my brothers, actually, when I got the job, classic, they said, great, you're going to talk about it even more now. Um, but, uh, you know, it, I, I think it is hard for folks to kind of fully get it. If you're, if you've not experienced it yourself from the outside, I have a, uh, devilish enjoyment of trying to watch people come in from the outside and figure out what the fuck this thing is. <laughs> and, and, and to be honest with you, as you probably know, I, I worked very closely on the inside for 15 years yep. and, it, and it probably still took me 10 years to start really understanding like, oh shit, this is not, this is something different. Mm-hmm. And people come into it um, working here or even from the outside, the things that you hear people complain about CrossFit about like it. It, it doesn't even make sense. It would be like if someone said, hey, this apple is the worst piece of meat I ever had. Like they came to a presupposition that it was meat and, and that's why they're fucking completely clueless, right? They've come, yeah. they're, they're not even in the conversation. It is, it's, um, I, I don't, leading this thing is, is nuts because I don't know if there is a case study. I don't know if it's the church, the Catholic church, or I don't know if it's like Charles Manson, or I don't know if it's the Hell's Angels, maybe. But this thing isn't um, okay. It's McDonald's. It's November, guys. Time to set, put out your Happy Meals. Okay, guys. It's um, it's it's October. It's time to do chicken wings. There's no. You're massaging, and it's a small business miracle, right? Totally. I mean, That's the right. whole thing is just like. How, how do you? How do you? Um, what do you what do you look to right i mean burger king can look to mcdonald's and be like oh that's smart they changed the wrappers to yellow and their hamburger yeah. sales doubled yeah like like what, what is there 
do I, you I have the, any case studies? Do you think is there anyone you look at and be like, okay, this these are some of the things I want? I mean, obviously the chain of command that you learned in the military. So, sorry, I got to throw this in there too. When when the mill guys came in and they they kept chain of command at CrossFit, we it was crazy. It took me forever to get a grip on that. But mm. once that was in place and everyone knew their duties and there was trust, and I've heard you talk about that, once everyone got out of the leadership, like people like Dave would give you your orders and then get out of your way, we, we exploded. Yeah. And then in 2018, they tried to make the company flat. And, and I hear a lot of people tell you that in 2020 is when everything got fucked up. That is not true. Mm. In 2018, we were the best employment brand on the planet. Every single person wanted to work there. And then we had a cultural collapse in 2018. Bizarre, right? Yeah. And they tried to make the company flat and everything just scattered. Yep. Um, so, so there's two big, huge pieces. And, and, I, yep. and I'm, I'm so happy to hear you say that you want to fix the culture internally because it really used to be every single person there. You didn't even have to tell them what to do. Totally. Because yep. everyone wanted to be like, – it was like probably in the Marines. You knew you got up in the morning, you did this, 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 and this. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and, I, you know, it's, it's – I, I think on the first point, you know, how, how do you look like, what's the proxy? I, I think actually on the cultural side, there's a lot of places that we can look to because I think ultimately, you know, one of the things I've learned having worked in like very different environments, right? Marine Corps technology, now CrossFit, like at the, I think at the end of the day, there are some universal truths as it relates to people and what puts them in a position to do their best work and love what they do. And CrossFit had that. And, and as you mentioned, we've lost our way a little bit, but I think there is a path to getting back to that with, with, uh, you know, clarity, like clarity of vision. What are we working towards? And is that something that people actually truly believe in? Can we articulate that clearly? Do we have a culture internally where we have a shared set of values? Do we have a structure that, that clarifies ownership and responsibility? There are a set of things that, that we can do that we're working on that put people in a position where they can show up every day and just run as fast as they can. And, feel great about what they're doing and we've not been there for a little bit what is what can, can you what does that look like like there there was a point a, a, a guy i really really liked uh, so i don't want to say his name but he, he came from another company uh, almost a billion dollar company and he started working across it and he started hiring people from outside and that's yep. when we started losing the collapse of that's when the culture started collapsing uh, because it used to be okay if I was working out in the gym and I was doing overhead squats with 95 and some 18-year-old girl was doing overhead squats with 135. She goes, God, you're a bitch. And I would just be like, I know, I know who that's directed at, you know? And um yeah. and she wasn't even a mill girl. She was she had to learn that. Someone had to do that to her to be like, um, and I'm not saying that that's I'm not saying that that's the appropriate culture forever, but we had our culture there yep. and uh everyone there worked out. And then some people started getting hired who didn't do CrossFit. Yep. And yep. what are some, how, how, how are you? And don't get me wrong. I'm sure compared to McDonald's or even Facebook up the hill, I've been in their offices. People are more happy to work at CrossFit than either of those places. Yep. But this machine has the potential that every person is an apostle, For sure. right? For sure. For sure. Yeah. I mean, I think, look, one of the, um, one of the challenges and things that I don't know that we've done the best job, it, it is CrossFit has such a unique history and culture that is impossible to just write down on paper and communicate to someone um, internally, but also within the community. And so bringing someone in, and this is to some degree been true of like 
some of the biggest failures I saw in my career were like at Facebook, we hired a bunch of people from Google and they came in and tried to do what we did at Google and it fell flat because the culture was different and the, the business was different and um, the nuance and the language was different. And, and the folks who were not self-aware who didn't take the time really struggled. And take that, you know, the challenge that existed there. I think the complexity of, of, of understanding what's unique is a hundred times more challenging at CrossFit. So we have that same issue. And so um, I wouldn't say explicitly that someone who hasn't done CrossFit can't be successful, but it is much, 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 much more challenging. And if we're going to hire people in who, who are not coming from that environment, we have to make sure they are spending the time to listen, spending, you, you have to do CrossFit. That's just kind of black and white. Like, you you gotta you gotta you gotta work out. You gotta do CrossFit. There is no other way to learn and understand what it means, or get really immersed in the culture. Or, by the way, if you don't want to do CrossFit, why are you working here? Um, you know, isn't another piece. But I think that the um, there is a high organ rejection rate. I was talking to our our board about this. Uh, like what it, was the word you used? A high or organ rejection? Like I think about in terms of like, it's oh, like organ yes. rejection, right? Like. Right, yes. If we are not hiring people, look, I've spent eight years doing CrossFit. I came from a military background, two things that I think worked in my favor. And I'm still learning. It's still hard to get all the nuance and really understand. So trying to hire folks who don't have any of that, I think is really, really challenging. And so I think for us moving forward, I think we just have to be really cognizant. One, we have to work really hard to find amazing people who are in the community. And there are a lot of people out there. So if we're looking for roles, I think we should start by looking within the community first. If we feel like we need to hire, you know, there is a role where we benefit from hiring someone who is world class, who can help us win, then we have to work really hard to first, that person has to be self-aware. They have to come in knowing that their instincts and the language and the culture they're coming from is fundamentally different. And before they come in and say, we should do X, Y, and Z, the first X months should just be listening and learning. That's it. When you say um, self-aware, you mean catch themselves from rea doing their regular reactions, kind of to be exactly. in full meditation mode. Exactly. Like, okay. you know, even for me, I remember my second day. So my second day was at the games. I did a podcast with, um, uh, Stefan and, uh, by the way, great podcast. Thank I, you. I, I really hate to say it. I really wanted him to fail, but fuck, he killed it. You guys killed it. <laughs> You're easy to podcast man. with, by the way, too. You're a great talker. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Well, next time I want them to put me, um, next to someone who doesn't make me look like such a puny oh, woman. God, what is that vein um, on his arm? That so I was snake super happy, seriously, I was super happy to come on with you, Svan, in that respect. <laughs> thanks, um, thanks. <laughs> I'm, I'm, but, I'm yeah, old kidding. and washed up. He's Dude, adapting to our both. culture you, well. You, you would be both. Um, but I remember in that podcast, um, I was talking about, <laughs> about the impact that CrossFit has and, and why I was so bullish because I've never seen anything, you know, working at Facebook, looking at Google, which by the way, have billions of people using their product. And yet I think the impact that we have is so much more profound. And I called um, CrossFit a product. I just said, Hey, you know, our product. And we got done with the podcast. And I remember I asked right after like, we stopped and people said, Hey, great. That was great. And I said, okay, great. Like feedback, like where can I get better? And silence. And I'm like, no, like, I, I know that wasn't perfect. I'm on day two. I know there's a bunch of stuff I screwed up there. And then, you know, someone on the team said CrossFit's not a product, not a product. And I was like, shit, thank you for sharing that. Because words matter, semantics matter. And I tell that story because I, I think anyone who's coming in is going to have missteps like that. 
And because what we do is just so fundamentally unique, even if you have the best of intentions, and if you're not open to learning and asking and recognizing that with the way you approach something or the idea that you threw out there that may have been 100% right in the place that you came from, very often it's not going to be perfect here. And if you can't come in with that self-awareness, you're going to really struggle. Um, so I think th that I think is really, really important. It, it's interesting you say that when uh, I, the, there was a, a, a period, I didn't get fired right away. They kept me for a little bit. And so I got to sit in on some, some of the uh, calls where everyone was on at the same time. And th the two things that stood out to me the most were uh, one, when Gary Gaines came on, he actually, it, it was actually amazing. It was probably the best thing that was said during the whole thing. He, he opened with um, thank you for guys for building this. And like, God, that went so far. And, and of course, the 200 people who worked there are all on one text thread together, just waiting to jump on anyone, right? Yeah. And, and then someone else referred to CrossFit as a platform and that no one liked that, yeah. right? Because it's coming from the tech, like you said. And, and if you, in the 2008 documentary, Every Second Counts, at the very end, Jason Kalipa wins and Greg Glassman puts his arm around him and he goes, this is our product, which is the weird part about the business again. You don't mm -hmm. get the product. You are the product. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. CrossFit's not offering the product. You're the product. The whole yeah. thing is, it's so hard to, there was, I, I would tell people that I thought that it was CrossFit was part, you know, Catholic church, part, part Greenpeace and part uh, Hell's Angels, right? Yeah. It, um, it is, it is, it's a really, and it's a crazy resilient brand, isn't it? Oh, it's, a, it's incredible. I mean, it, it, it's the, the, the awareness that we have relative to what it, I mean, we're the company full time is only 200 people. It's tiny, tiny. Yet, oh, like, I'm so glad you say that. I used to have to defend that all the time. Guys, we're not fucking Coca-Cola. Yeah. These, the, this is a little, what are the small ships in the Navy that just go around and kick ass? It's gotta be what? The frigates. frigates yeah. We're, we're CrossFit's a frigate. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. That's right. <laughs> which means we need to be super nimble, right? Like the advantage of being small is moving fast and being more nimble than everybody else. You would say that you wanted growth and you would keep saying that. And, and, and I know that they were just in the, it was kind of unfair. You were, you're being asked your plan for CrossFit on day four, you know, and I, all these podcasts <laughs> I watch of you were in the first month yeah. and uh, it, it triggered me. I kept getting concerned. Like, like, okay. Like growth, is he gonna? What's he gonna do? Is he gonna inject the tree with steroids? Is he gonna hang from the branches and try to make them grow? He should. He should just be worried on excel about excellence. Mm -hmm. But then last night at eleven o'clock, while I'm swinging my mace, only ten times. <laughs> oh my god! Quiet, Susa. Quiet. <laughs> I come across this video, th this podcast. It, it was. It was. It was the. It was the worst host. Um. Um. But but once again, that's what made me realize what a great guest you are because you carried the podcast. Susan, can you go to that YouTube clip at 101? I this is where uh, I was like, oh shit, Don gets it. And it, someone actually, you kind of start explaining what you mean by growth. And then I was I, I felt I felt a sense of well, both relief and darn it, this guy might succeed. Here we go. We'll come back to that darn it point <laughs> for a second. <laughs> Here we go. Sure. Yeah. So, and, and, uh, and you're right. And, and look, you know, the way that I think about this in terms of, um, uh, what we focus on, what success looks like the absolutely, we want to build a really compelling, successful business. And the best way for us to do that is focus on 
getting more people exposed to CrossFit. You know, we are a, um, and the reason we talk with that and the reason we lead with that is that's what gets all of us excited. Do I want to build a successful business? Yes. But I get a lot more excited candidly about building something that can be the biggest force in improving um, health globally. And I think we have a shot at being in that ballpark. And if we do that, holy cow, this is going to be an extraordinarily successful business. No question. Um, you know, what does that look like in terms of numbers? Look, we don't, we don't share. We're done, Susan. Good. The guy basically is trying to lead you down. He wants to ask you how much money the company makes. What's your goal as a business? And then you said, Hey, you, you know, obviously on one hand, we want to make money. We have to put food on our table. We have to pay the people back, you know, who invested, you know, in the company rightfully so, but the work has to be done in letting the world know that this is the greatest force in, in health and fitness that's on the planet right now. Jump on board. And I heard that and I was like, Oh, thank God. Mm-hmm. Like you get yeah. it. Yeah. Well, it's, it, it, it's really helpful for you to share that because I think the takeaway for me is I need to be, um, I need to be more clear in how I communicate what growth means. And, you know, there's that one clip, but I need to show up with that level of clarity every time I talk about it. So, yeah. well, to be honest, people are so shallow. They don't even catch it. I'm special. Don't, don't, you don't, don't, don't you don't have to clearly, adjust this for me. Clearly. Um, <laughs> Yeah. And, and look like the, I actually think I'm used to, you know, when I say growth, my default is like, I'm not talking about revenue. I'm talking about people. Um, but and the revenue will come, right? If, if, you, can, like, if you can get 20,000 more people to, to realize, oh shit, this is the way. So this is a very interesting point too. This is a trip. I'd love to help more people get exposed to CrossFit and make it feel less intimidating, ready to be milked. Okay, great story, by the way. This guy's been on the podcast, lost a couple hundred pounds. And I told him, I said, when he was on, I was like, hey, CrossFit should be just using you. Send a cameraman to you, send you to an L1 and just milk you to death and just make tons of content and show. But here's the interesting part, right? When I walk, no, no matter what you think about CrossFit, it hurts people. Those people don't shut the fuck up. It's bad. Whatever. All the people who have it wrong and negative. When I walk into Starbucks, 50 year old, five foot five, little me, people still know that I'm the fittest person in Starbucks. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows. When I, when I'm, when I have my CrossFit shirt on, they, they know, oh shit, that guy. And no one wears CrossFit shirts who's not CrossFitters. It's like, it's like, it's like ultimate, it's like UFC shit. You better not wear that mm-hmm. shit unless you're, to punch someone out in the face. <laughs> My mom loves that about the brand. My mom never mm-hmm. played a sport her whole life. She's 79 years old. She's been doing CrossFit for 10 years. She loves going to her book club and wearing her CrossFit shirt. And the other little old ladies are like, you do CrossFit? She's like, yeah, I did a lunch yeah. today. So yeah. you want to make it accessible, but we're still fucking, uh, uh, everyone can try out for Marine Recon, but it's still Marine Recon. Yep. That's right. Right. Like we all squat below parallel and, and, and we, and, and I'm, I'm assuming you have to think about that, right? Like the goal isn't to be like, this is CrossFit light. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Look, we can't, we can't dilute the experience. We can't dilute the brand. Like that, that is when we say growth, that is not the path. That is actually the fastest path to losing everything we have. Um, I, I think the, the thing that gives me real hope here is I'd be a lot more worried if you walked into every box and all you saw were super fit 30 year olds who were jacked, that's not the case. You walk into boxes right. and you're going to see um, people of all ages, sizes, levels of fitness, et cetera. Like is that is CrossFit for everyone? No, it's not. But the only thing that's required is up here. It's just a mentality. 
in my opinion. That's it. If you're willing to put in the work, if you're willing to walk through the doors, you've got a community that's going to welcome you. You have a methodology that works for anyone, irrespective of what level of fitness you have. So that is our like that is an exceptional gift. If we didn't have that, this would be a much harder battle. What we got to figure out is how do we take what's happening inside the box and expose it to people who haven't gotten a chance yet to walk in because they're intimidated. And so I think a lot of it is is getting back to what we did really early is, is uh, doing a better job of telling stories uh, of taking big and flexi. Uh, he reached out to me. We talked to his story is amazing. Um, helping more people who can look at his story and say, gosh, that feels like me. Like there are parts of that that really resonate with me. Maybe I could give this a shot. Maybe this could work for me. Um, so I, I think there is a way for us. We have to remain. I think we, we need to ensure our brands and our community remains aspirational while making sure it's fully approachable um, for everyone. And I don't, I think you can do both. When I heard you talk about, I don't know if you used the word, the three pillars, but the three parts of the company, you said uh, the uh, affiliate team, the games and um, training. Mm -hmm. um, but for the longest time up until 2018, there was a fourth branch and it was the media team. And mm -hmm. for many years, Greg referred to CrossFit Inc. And everyone, everyone internally referred to CrossFit Inc. as a media company. Yep. And, and it was a pretty enormous uh, media team. And it was, it, although it was big, it was very nimble. Like you said, it was, mm -hmm. it was very, very nimble. And in two, I think if you look, go and look at the metrics, dig in the books, you will see that between um, September of 2017 and November of 2018, you will see some very, very interesting growth in the company. And there was a point back there in 2016 against the will of everyone who worked there everyone who worked there greg said we have everyone who's fit we've captured the tip of the spear it's now to go to the other end we're not mm -hmm. going to deal with anyone in the middle we're going to get all the fatsos now we have mm -hmm. to start making content like that so we shifted and we we doubled down on our uh, we, we basically doubled down on media and and, mm -hmm. and and not with money but just reinvigorated the team yep and i think every metric don you will see was its highest ever since 2014 at the end of 2018 there was that we, we, we reached our 2014 uh, size except for retention. We were still struggling a little bit with retention hmm. and then they shut everything down in one of the most bizarre moves I've ever, like, I don't think there is a parallel. Hmm. I, I don't, I don't know one um, yeah. shut down in basically, you know, if there's a billion people, by the way, for those of you, one more thing about Don, Don was at uh, Facebook when it had 40 million users and only 400 employees. And now it's like billions, right? Yeah. When you left there, how many did it have? Oh, gosh. Um, I, I think probably somewhere just under a billion. Crazy growth. Oh, insane. Crazy. So, so Don has seen this. And another great thing on Don's resume is Don entered the social media world when people said it couldn't be monetized. And that's that's the kind of shit that I talk. Oh fuck, Don screwed. They're never going to make money off this crossfit thing. But but the the guy has 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 done some remarkable things. Um, do do you see do you see do you have any thoughts about media? What you're going to do? I see the crossfit podcast is kind of like ed edging its way back in. But but do you ever th – like I think you could, someone could just go back, and I've heard you say, hey, we need to go back and do some of the things we used to do. You could just go back and be like, okay, this is the kind of stuff we did, and it could be done on the cheap. Yes. 
Yeah, there, there is no question. So when we think like our number one goal, you've heard me talk about this, is exposing more people to CrossFit. So get the flywheel going again. And I think the most leveraged way that we can do that is through media. It's, it's by telling stories. It's by showing people that those preconceived notions are not true. And, and again, we don't, like most other fitness brands, we don't have to hire actors. We don't have to get this bullshit before and after. We can literally lift up all these stories that are happening. And so we will do more around media next year. We are working right now on um, uh, getting ourselves to a place where we're clear on, you know, who we want to focus on, the stories we want to elevate. And then there is some work we have to do to be able to actually assess and measure what's working and what's not. And so that we can be incredibly aggressive about the things that are really, really working to get them out there and reach more. And, and we're a little bit behind where we need to be on that front. So we're putting that foundation in place right now. Last thing I'll say, I, I, about a week and a half ago, spent the week down in Brazil and Ecuador. Amazing, amazing trip. Um, one of the biggest takeaways for me is we have to figure out how to lift those stories up in all these countries around the world. It's not good enough, I think, just to show the American walking into a CrossFit box. We need to enable our teams uh, or affiliates to lift up the stories that they're seeing. That's what's really going to resonate for folks in those countries, not a English language American walking into a box. We need to have something that, that is, feels really approachable to those folks on the ground. If I may, I told Please. myself I wasn't going to do this, but now I'm 49 minutes in. Fuck it. <laughs> uh, don't go the corporate route. Find 19-year-old filmmakers, run-and-gun CrossFitters who just have yeah. aspirations, who live in Brazil, who live in Russia. There's tons of starving filmmakers out there who are CrossFitters. Like, fuck spending $250,000 on a team that shows up with lights and shit. There's cameras now that can make do everything that. look gold. There's 19 years old who will bring the most authentic content to life. They'll, they'll go home with the guy who has type two diabetes and you'll see him throw his needles away. And that'll only cost us a hundred dollars to bring forward. Not okay. Let uh, throw it in the trash again. The one of the lights was we're our, our Kelvin temperature was off on the light. Screw that shit. Don't do that. Please. I, love I just, um, but, I, but, it's the way, but it's what people know. It is what they do at Google and Facebook and, and, and at YouTube. And, 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 um, it's just, uh, well, I think there's two the things mark. we know. I yeah. think there's two things. Like, there's still a lot I don't know. Uh, clearly, still get up to speed. But one of the things I do know is is um, authenticity is essential in this community. And anything that sniffs like bullshit or sniffs manufactured or corporate, et cetera, not only is really expensive, but it does not work. And so we have to make sure we have to figure out how to tell those stories in a way that is truly authentic. And the other thing is with one of our biggest challenges, we are small. We have 200 people. We are tiny relative to the size of our community and the size of the opportunity that we're going after, which means the things that we invest in have to punch above their weight. We have to find ways to have a bigger impact with fewer resources. And one of the gifts we have is we have this community. I was down in, in um, when I was down in Sao Paulo, we had an affiliate owner who had come in from some small village and he was talking about this local story. And we were talking about, great, how do we support that? We have a member of our team in Brazil who's amazing. She's super skilled on it. Oh, great. yeah, she's, she's awesome. Amazing. She's awesome. Carol. She's incredible. Yep. But this affiliate owner said, I've already done it. I've already done the, like, I've done the work. And, it, and we maybe do some work to, to get it to a place where it's ready for distribution. But we have folks who are willing to do it and invest the time because they love this community and they want to get those stories out there. And that's a huge advantage for us. There, and there's like no, there's no, um, 
there's no downside. Like if someone makes a video on how to do a push up and it's got like a bad camera angle or the audio's fucked up, it doesn't even matter. Like you want it so when people type in push up, five CrossFit videos pop up, right? Exactly. Exactly. And I think for us, the thing we need to, one of the things that we need to really be conscious of is getting as many shots on goal as we can. And you know, as many if, what? As many shots on goal. So, so in other words, you know, if we spend, you know, X amount of money next year on five incredibly highly produced things, I would rather have the 100 things that are a fraction of the cost that are slightly different versions that we can look at and say, holy shit, these three really worked. Now let's double down on that. Um, we just got to move faster. Again, this comes back to like our advantage should be we can move more quickly and be more nimble and tap into the authentic folks in the community who, who are ready to kind of contribute. And the L1 team, the seminar yeah. staff, they need, to be, they need to be milked as hard as big and flexy. Like they need to be completely like showcased and like completely uh, exploited. <laughs> completely yeah, they're, exploited. They're, they're another like <laughs> – I would probably put it in slightly different language. I, I know, I, I know. I'm, cr- I'm a crass man. I'm a crass man, Don. I'm a crass man. You're my mom doesn't like it. Mar- no, you're bringing me back to my Marine Corps days. I, uh, our seminar staff, actually, one of the things we're talking about is we have we have our seminar staff team and our affiliate team, and um, that, that we need to show up as one team in market. And we have folks you know, showing up all around the world. Their seminar staff is amazing. Again, another secret weapon that we have. How do we take advantage of what they can do when they're in market, touching affiliates, you know, interacting with members. Um, they're an incredible asset that I think, um, you know, we, we can get, we can set them up to have an even bigger impact. So, uh, Spiegel, this is, this is kind of why I showed that video of Don saying that the incentives are misaligned if they focus on affiliate growth. And, and, but that's what, that was left a bad taste in my mouth from the last group that was saying, Hey, we need a hundred thousand affiliates. If you listen carefully as Don drills down, he realizes he, he actually says, and correct me if I'm wrong, Don, that the goal is to get more people into the affiliates. Correct. And then that, and then naturally those people then will take L1s. And then for every 10 people that take an L1, they have some sort of metric that they know one of those people opens an affiliate. But they know you have to stuff them into the affiliates and spill out that way. I think you're, I think you're aware of that. That's right. Affiliates for us, like our, our top line, you know, the most important thing we're going to focus on is – is more people doing CrossFit around the world. Obviously, affiliates play a really essential and critical role, but it's in service of supporting members. There are places where we need more affiliates because there is not a local box that someone can walk into. There are places now where we have amazing affiliates, and our job is not to try to open a new affiliate around the corner, but rather um, get those local CrossFitters, get more members in the door. If I may say one thing on that point real quick, I think the L1 is actually your key to everything. And the biggest differentiator, I've heard you talk about this on some of the other podcasts too, like, hey, what's the difference between my CrossFit affiliate? Why do I pay my affiliate ship when I could just say I'm a functional fitness gym? And for me, it was always the message of what is CrossFit. It was always the CrossFit journal because what that shows is the expertise in the truth that CrossFit brings to the table in terms of health and fitness. And so for me, I like to think that the the L1 and the stories happening in there, and most importantly, the message that CrossFit and the What is Fitness articles and those other ones way back when that were written in the early 2000s is that differentiator, is the vision. And so sometimes 
I hear mm-hmm. like, hey, you know, we're looking for this vision or we're looking for it. And I always just I'm like screaming. I'm like, it's right there. There's the vision. That's what got us to the point. It was the fact that we put definitions to terms. We were able to yeah. articulate in a mathematical equation what health and fitness is. But the one thing that I worry a little bit, and I'm not sure if you could speak to this or not, is that message pushes against a lot of the current narratives that we're hearing in the media. And so my question is, is, is there going to be a comfortability level between the board as a person who is going to hold that message, who's going to drive that message? And are we okay with some of the pushback that'll happen when that message starts to get out there? What's an example of where you think we'll get pushback? Example of saying, stop eating processed foods, personal responsibility, mm-hmm. cut out yep. sugar. Don't worry yeah. about what the you know advances in, in medical are happening there. Just focus on exercise focus on cutting processed carbohydrates and getting sugar out of your diet. Uh, Awesome. Yeah. So as it relates to the board, um, you know, what the board wants is actually what we've talked about seven, eight years out, which is um, a really healthy, um, a massive ecosystem, lots of people doing CrossFit that drives this incredible business. Our job, like they look to me and the rest of the team to figure out how we get there. And I, my deep, deep conviction is the way we get there is leaning into um, what helped us get this far and figuring out how to expose it to more people. And when I think about like we talked before about like the fastest thing we could do to cr- ruin this business would be to stray from, um, you know, what got us to this point in the very first place. And so being a truth teller, staying true to our methodology, being really clear on what we stand for in an environment and and, and uh, ecosystem where everyone else lies, where everyone else, well, everyone else may be a bit extreme, where most folks are telling a story that they know not to be true. That is what differentiates us. That is why our community is, is a part of us. And so I, 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 we have to figure out, I think the L1, I, I look at that and say, how do we, this is our secret weapon. How do we reach more people with it? How do we expose that to not only coaches, affiliate owners, but members, I was talking to a, a few friends this morning who I work out with every morning about, about they love CrossFit. They've not been through the L1 yet. I think it'll mm-hmm. make them more passionate members of the community. I think they'll enjoy it. They'll take a lot away from it. So we're thinking about how do we take um, the, the, this incredible asset that the early team developed and get it in front of more people. There was an article in The Guardian uh, yesterday. I posted it on my Instagram uh, where they say that there's pills that can make you like cure your diabetes type 2 diabetes and like make you lose weight these are people who are fighting for the same piece of the pie that crossfit is fighting for right if they're you know there's a limited number of um you know dollar bills on the planet but it's but they are willing to lie for sure they are willing they are willing to lie to get a piece of the pie and and this has been uh, as long as people have cared about their health and what they look like this has been true like, they're, hurt, they're hurting people. Because, you know, honestly, it's people want an easy path. A lot of people want an easy path. They want the, God, that message sounds great. The before and after looks easy. All I have to do is wake up every day and take a pill. Um, I mean, shit, I've been susceptible to it. I've done stuff in the yeah. past that I look yeah, back and I'm like, gosh, that's snake oil. And so, um, I, you know, what CrossFit did, we talked about this, was revolutionary. Because it said a, a message that was 180 degrees. It's not easy. We're not going to tell you it's easy. Um, the things that your your a lot of your comforts around what you eat and um, you know a a sitting on the couch and being sedentary is bad for you. 
And if you want to get better, you can, but you got to work really hard. And that really, I think that message resonated clearly with millions of people. And then the results prove it to be true. And so I think our continued success is sticking to that. And we need to continue to have conviction that telling the truth, saying the hard thing, not getting distracted, there are going to be a million more competitors that do some version of the snake oil, um, the easy path. We got to stay true to what we do and figure out how we tell our story in a way that reaches more people. Um, I, and I a hundred percent believe that that to be the case. Are, are you going to do that by girl? Are, are you guys going to start? Well, first of all, the CrossFit journal uh, has to be pulled back to the front. I mean, and if you put, I'm going to tell you a crazy story, Don, you ready for this? Ready. I'm going to tell you a fucking crazy story. <laughs> in 2018, uh, we went to this meeting to this big tech company in Portland. They build websites, cool company, cool cats. And um, the, the leadership in there, above me that I think there were only maybe two people senior to me in the company at that time. They wanted to pull the journal down and mm -hmm. the president of this company reached out to me and been like, Hey, you got to talk some senses into your boss. You cannot pull the journal down. And they wanted to get rid of the CrossFit journal. And they, because they, there were 10,000 pieces of content in there and they wanted to filter up the early stuff that Greg did and bring it to the front that, which they thought was the smart stuff, which it is the smart stuff. But, but there's a lot of different voices in there um, transcribing what Greg said, right? Heber and Mars, the Buttery Bros, they have their own yep. version of sharing that message. It might not be yep. for everyone, but it, but it is still has that DNA in there, right? Yep. Um, Craig Ritchie, all these people, it might not be for everyone, but, but, and they have loud platforms. Anyway, I digress. So they, they say, hey, we're going to pull the journal to the back, but we want to get rid of the journal. We want to hide the journal and then, and then bring it up sometime later. CEO of this company calls me. He's got to talk sense in your bosses. I, I try. I, I push so hard that I almost lose my job. It gets really fucking contentious. And then um, at the end, they send a – and please feel free to fact check this. They they call the CFO of CrossFit Inc. at the time, um, who, who I'm pretty sure you, you know who that is. And they say to him, hey, we have to have you sign some paperwork before we pull it down because this – you guys are going to go from top of the search engine – to mm -hmm. the bottom, everything that drives traffic to your fucking site is through um, is through this journal. It's like ninety percent, mm -hmm. and they still pulled it down. Yeah. And to this day, you guys are in um, ownership of this. Like, and what? And, and then, and then, obviously, there was an app, and every time we posted something, it sent the notice. I mean, you know, you came from tech. Like, I would love it if I got a notification every day, new article in the CrossFit Journal. Like every day, I would love if I could go to my Apple TV and just watch uh, the OTT pop up the journal, right? CrossFit. Yeah. Be like, yeah. Look at Sevon and Don Fall chopping it up <laughs> on Audible and be able to listen to all the articles. Yeah. Um, I did everything well, I said I wasn't going to do. No, I love it. <laughs> Come on. I expected a lot more than this, Sevon. No, I'm I wanted, I did. The thing is, this. Uh, some of my asshole friends are like, dude, get him, get him. I'm like, fuck that. I want the guy to come back. Are you kidding me? No. And I know my mom's watching. I need to be like, and, I, and you're the son my mom wish she had. <laughs> Hi, mom. Um, well, easy, what I'll Don, say easy, is, easy. Uh, look, I love the notion of what you're talking about. And it very much aligns with what we are spending a lot of time talking about right now. I think we, um, I think one of the things that we do exceptionally well is we've got this extraordinary methodology that is grounded in first principles, empirically driven methodology. Um, 
a lot of the early, a lot of the content around the journal was something that really resonated with folks. I think we used to have a subscription product where people subscribe to it. 95% of it's free. That's even the better part. And and people still paid to get that little tiny 5%. It was great. Exactly. And it aligns, it aligns so well with, with, I think our mission and vision, which is like, we should be the source of truth that if you want to find out truth around health and fitness, you know where to go. And so we are talking a lot about how do we build on what we've learned there historically and how do we bring, um, how do we, we continue to invest in or invest more in educating members, coaches, affiliates, the broader community. So we're looking a lot at what we've done with the journal um, and thinking a lot about it. So more to come on that front for sure. Um, they, uh, CrossFit really is the CDC. I, I know that's fucking <laughs> blasphemy and that's going to really get some people wound up, but that journal, um, if you want to bet the best shot to let your body kind of express itself in its greatest, you know, potential that journal and, and, and fight off disease and build the hedge. How, how was your L1? Did you love it? Oh, it was amazing. I did it with my wife. It was awesome. Cool. Uh, I was exhausted by the end of the weekend. I, I <laughs> yeah. didn't anticipate that, but it was, yeah, yeah and I was super lucky. Our, our seminar staff team was incredible. So. Who, who'd you have? I uh, had Nicole Christensen, Kevin Ogar, Jenny Orr, and Katie Hogan. Wow. Wow. Yeah, and and did your team. wife like it? Be honest. I'm looking in your eyes. Oh, she loved it. She uh, loved I'll, it. You know, it's funny. So my wife... Um, ran track uh, in college for a little bit after she weight trains, but she had not gotten into CrossFit and her first CrossFit workout ever was the day before the L1. And we dropped into roots and Boulder. And I said, Hey, I was, you know, we talk about it a lot, but I said, Hey, look, this will probably be a rep. We don't do a lot of long workouts. Usually it's kind of 20 minutes, super intense. And uh, we did the, the workout that day was bike. It was the first workout from the game. So we ended up doing 14 miles on an assault bike and 75 chest to bar, 75 toes to bar. And so we were both really smoked. But can your wife it. do pull-ups? Your wife can do pull-ups? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. She's, she is without question the best athlete in our family. Hands down. What, what did she, uh, oh, I'm one minute over my time limit. Bad boy. <laughs> she ran the 800 and mile uh, at Stanford and then uh, ran cross country as well. Uh, uh, wow. Wow. The 800 is nasty. Oh, it's terrible. Yes. Uh, Don, um, I was told that um, you have to go right now. I do. I need to run. Apologies. Dickhead. Dickhead. I know. That's okay. We'll have to get a my part. safety belt. <laughs> we'll have to um, get a part two going. I honestly hope you had a good time. I re- I, I uh, it's really weird that you came on. Well, everyone <laughs> else thanks you for coming on. I promised myself I wouldn't thank you for coming on. So I just say it's no, really I weird. appreciate it. I enjoyed the conversation and and uh, you know, hope I can come back for sure. You guys, oh, right dude, it. I got I, I just to let you know how nervous I am. The more no, usually, if I have two pages of notes, I know I'm not nervous at all. I have eight pages of notes. I, didn't even get to lot, I must be really nervous today. <laughs> Well, I, I, I had a sense when you were talking about dirt roads going through the mountains as part of your research, you got pretty far down the rabbit hole. So. <laughs> <laughs> hey, real, did you get the shirts I sent to the office? Ooh, I don't think so. I will, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll go look for them. I'll make sure. Yeah, don't let those, don't let the minions steal the shirts I sent yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. Castro probably took them. But I'll, I bet uh, I'll he did. <laughs> All right. All right, guys. Thank thanks so much. Mr. Fall, thank you. Cheers. Cheers. See you guys. 
Sorry. Okay, let me have it. Go ahead. <laughs> me? No. Wad zombie. Uh, no, no, no. The, the, in the comments. Wad, <laughs> Wad zombie. You don't need to wait. Tons of photographers and people with smartphones are going to their affiliates today. They can catch. Yeah. I mean, give them a second, dude. Give them a second. Give them a fucking second. Just like, ten, like we just talked about it. Give them 15 minutes. They'll have a video up. Everybody was surprised you didn't wear your CEO shirt. Uh,. I, I, if I was going to wear any shirt, I was going to wear my, um, CrossFit media director shirt. I, I really, I, what's, I did so much, um, I did so much, uh, research, research on him. I saw that, you um, like, holy shit. I did so much research on him that I started like really liking him too much. Yeah. He's, he's very easy to like. And he's, dude, he's like, uh, I, 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 I kind of resented the fact that he had been at Google and Facebook and Pinterest. And I thought that those were probably damaged him, but it's kind of, he's, he has enough introspective that I think he knows that's, that wasn't where he wanted to be. Those people aren't on the right path. You, you kind of see that. Yeah. Well, I was a little worried when he, when he gave, he me went behind push. enemy lines over there. He didn't, he did. He wasn't like one of well, them. When he, when he gave me a little uh, pushback on like, well, what what in the message would the would the like the media attack or what goes against the narrative? And I'm like, fucking everything. <laughs> the fact of get off your carbs, get off your couch, recognize that obesity is unhealthy. Like, right. There's this whole push now that like obesity is good. Love your body and all these different things. So I, I was just thinking like, oh, that's a little concerning, because if you really understand the methodology and where you're going with it, you're going to have to outright and doesn't have to attack certain articles that are coming out, but like that obesity pill, that should be a huge talking point for CrossFit and should just deconstruct the whole entire thing. But what do you think about this? What do you think about, what do you think about this though? What do you think about just staying focused? I think the way the, from what I'm hearing about Don, that he doesn't get into the mud. He just stays focused on our mission. So he's driving this way and like he, he's not going to do, he's not going to get into petty fights. You know, he's only had two posts on his Instagram account since 2017. Hi, Brian. Yeah. Hey, Brian. You're, you're muted. I don't know if that's necessarily getting into the mud, but I'll, uh, but what I think is like, I'm worried because there's a lot of talk of the mission, but like, wh- how do we put our fingers on it? What it? What is the mission? You know? And for me, if you were to wave a wand and say, okay, Susie, you're a CEO, you got all these great ideas, put them to use right now. I would immediately just say every single journal article, let's just get the whole entire team on it and let's just push it out at, at mass scale in every well, type I think, of platform you can and start to, that, and start to get our hands dirty with it. Oh, but, but this is this is what I t- this is what I took away and I watched so many videos about him um may, maybe he didn't say it in this show but this is my takeaway. He realizes that he's sitting on the, the cure for the world's most vexing problem. He realizes that he's the only way to to grow the company is to get more people into the affiliates and the only way to do that is to uh make more media. Now I wish he, yeah. I wish he would have said, but this is just pie in the sky shit. Of course, we have the old OTT you built seven. We're bringing forward next week. Um, we have twenty five filmmakers around the world, but uh, who are making videos, and they're going to be on the CrossFit Journal. And we're re um, skinning the app that you guys had released, and that'll be available tomorrow. But we got to give him six months, right? But I do think he knows that you have to tell stories to get people into the gyms, and getting people in the gyms is how you grow the company. And Correct. God knows there's enough sick people. He was hired in July. 
July, August, right around then. Uh, yeah, I would assume July, then announced in August, right? Because it was yeah, basically think of the games. games. The day of the games, he was the hired. That's games. a good way to think of it. Yeah, I mean, he mentioned uh, while you're talking to him that yeah, there needs to be a period of time of just listening and in August, listening to, to September. Who, listening to who is what I is what I wonder. Well, this I, is the, I mean, this is the big question. When did they bring Dave back? A month or two before that? No, after wasn't it after that? Was it? No, was I it? think it was. I think it was right before the games because Dave oh, made that video. Shit. Kind of you know what I wanted to John ask him? Stuff. Damn, I wanted to ask him if he thinks that part of the reason they brought him back was to manage Dave. Damn it! Or if they brought if they brought Don on to what help manage Dave. Notes is that in? Because, <laughs> because he's 12. such a talent, you don't want to lose him, but you need a super strong person who can manage him. Damn, I had well, that. Well, I mean, look, as I've been, obviously, you can only really know what Dave's been up to based on what he's uh, talking about and releasing and, and posting. But, you know, he seems to also be doing a lot of listening during these months. So let's just say they both came in July. So then between the two of them, they've had three or four months to listen. They obviously went, you know, went to Brazil and, and South America and did some listening there. Dave's been making his affiliate tours, gathering these people who've been trying to push forward the message and the affiliates for whatever period of time they've been doing that. And but you can only do that for so long. And so right. I don't know when, you know, but they might still be in that process. And maybe they're they're thinking about what they're gonna do with the information that they're gathering. Um, and it sounds like we will get a chance to, if he doesn't explicitly say it outright, at least we'll get a chance to see it unfold in, in the next year. I mean, that's what he said when you asked him about media. Is their intention is to have more media that's specifically focused on telling the stories that are already there and not trying to you know create new ones. Exactly. And Savon, I liked your point. I'm actually really glad you said it when you were, for lack of better words, you were like, hey, leave it open source. Don't try to make the media fancy. Let the people who are already creating it and just use your platform to tell their stories. Brian, you put the guy in the, in the chat. What was his name? I didn't, I don't want to butcher it. <laughs> Amit. Amit Triparanian. Yeah. His last name is very out- difficult. But this is, the, if, if anyone's not familiar, he's the guy that's been doing, he's been traveling around. Europe, Asia, Indo- Indonesia, all the Pacific countries for the last several years and creating stories about CrossFit and culture in those those smaller countries. Some is bigger culture countries, but smaller in terms of CrossFit population. Yeah. And really, you know, uh, trying to understand the intersection of CrossFit into those cultures. If if Don yeah. uh, and I've I've shared with Dave uh, are interested in learning as you know at least getting a, a, a groundwork or foundation understanding about what CrossFit is like across the Eurasian continent. Uh, Amit has already done a lot of the the work and he might be a great resource for them. Yeah. And I think they're, they're so worried about like, how do we tell the message in other countries in their words and with their culture? And the thing is, is like CrossFit doesn't, they should just take the people that are already living the message in those countries and then just use CrossFit as the platform to elevate their voices. So then that way, the story of CrossFit is being told by their people in their culture that are already doing it. So you don't need to reinvent the wheel. You just need to give them a platform to tell those stories in the way that they're already telling it unique to where they are. And I think, you know, I, <clears throat> people who, <laughs> people who uh, listen to us a lot will know <clears throat> how critical I often am from a sport perspective of what happened in 2019. But what, but because of the opportunity that Greg created there for athletes from all over the world to come to the games for one year, at least there, I think that was actually profoundly impactful in those countries back home. And Amit's uh, documentary series 
he gets a chance to talk to some of the the representing or qualifying athletes from small countries that competed in one event at the CrossFit Games that year and either couldn't climb the rope or couldn't do the snatch. But it's it's neat to see them express what that was like for their small CrossFit community, wherever they're coming from. And I know that even right now in the sport, there's this conversation, especially with the impending changes and allocation of game spots. Do we want to favor global representation or do we want to have the best games athletes there? Mm -hmm. And I think Mm -hmm. that, you know, I've heard this in the team division, everyone's saying, well, for the teams, you could have super teams all you want, but we still want an affiliate cup. And I wonder if there might be an opportunity through the open or something like that to create a competition that's not the games, but it's for the best athlete in every country around the world who doesn't have a games qualifier. I don't even think we talked about the games once. So no, well, you was just, just in passing as a, one of the couple of branches of CrossFit. But I've been, I've been, you know, kind of thinking about this thing as, uh, just this past couple of days when people have mentioned that they want to see two different team competitions. It's like, well, could we open something up? And it would also, that, like you've always uh, wanted to have a little bit of uh, more importance into the open where we get a more diverse representation of countries, even if they don't have the skills or, or fitness level required to make it to the games somewhere. Uh, because that does seem to have an impact on those communities as well. Yeah, I think the open is the intersection of the affiliates, the sport, and helping to grow the community. And so the more emphasis they could put on and the, open, the storytelling, the exactly, you know, hundred percent. Referencing how many times we've seen this through the, you know, the you know, go back several years, or we would see the open be an opportunity to tell the stories that he's re- referencing, and yep. and may, maybe perhaps that's what they're intending to do. Yeah, yeah. I, How do you think Don did, uh, Brian? I thought he was, uh, you know, really great. He, he was only given about thirty percent of the opportunity to speak. I think someone was dominating the speaking. <laughs> 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 he got in one great, uh, one great line at your expense, so he gets extra credit on my books for that. Yeah, um, that here, was, here's the, that was cool. Here's here here's the here's the here's the thing. I, I know a lot of people get upset if I if I if I uh, interrupt people, and, and it's it's a constant criticism of the podcast. If shit starts to get too superficial for me, or someone starts rambling on about superficial shit, and they don't start going deep, I just start to interrupt. Like I can't I can't have I can't talk about growth more than once in the show, and then after that we have to start defining what growth is, and we constantly have to go deeper. And if he is a really, he's really, really good. If you watch the other podcast he's on, he's really, really good about talking about the surface, but he's also very deep. Yeah. But you, the, go the, ahead. The, if I'm being totally honest with you here, please. The problem was that he had to go after an hour. Usually you get the best stuff after your guests. Right. The last 30 minutes. Right. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I was definitely chatty Kathy today. <laughs> Um, so what Sevan just said is why this is the best podcast on the planet. Well, thank you. Oh, look, there he is. Shit. Mr. Grendler. Hi. Hi guys. All-star cast. Thank you. Shit. How did I not see that? I don't know, dude. I, heard my, I made you I heard my, for- I heard my ding on your phone when I was on in the backstage. So. <laughs> you were back there 38 seconds waiting. That's about 30 seconds too long. I apologize. It's all good. Uh, have you Dude, watched? Have you bunch, watched a bunch? Go ahead, go ahead. I watched the whole thing. Why didn't you ask? You guys got into all the talks, and this is just on what you were talking about—the surface stuff. What was the mission? I mean, at least Sousa at least said it. Like, <laughs> your mission statement will drive what you do. You can't sit there and say, "Let me figure out all the things," and then come up with a mission afterwards. Otherwise, you're you're going around in a circle. 
what's the mission? Is it the old mission? Is it a new mission? That's what I was uh, and, and maybe once yes. again, I didn't ask that f- because I'd watched too many of his other videos and I, and I, there was, I almost like knew too much, you know, like I, it's like when you read a book and then you go see the movie, you can kind of fill in all the holes. Yeah. But is a mission. We need to get more people into CrossFit. Is that, but I also that didn't ask him. A- That's a kind of a dust statement, you know? Okay. So what would give me an example of a mission that you would like to hear? Drill, Blast the L1 everywhere. To- Blast the L one everywhere. Tell them. Okay, well, let, well, that's an, go, go, go. Well, that's an action. Absolutely. Um, the mission would be like okay. So, what's great, Sevon, is you say a lot of the stuff that Greg said all those years. We have the answer to the most vexing health question on the planet. That that the answer to that is our mission. And how do we do that? Yes, it's by getting more people in it. But how do we do it? We show people that it works. We show people using 100 words to elite fitness that that's what works. All of like that's consistency. That's where it works. Consistency and then people like Wad Zombie. But, but, and then, but, but we're not going to do any of that now on the show, right? We kind of just want to hear that. At least for me, I just wanted to hear. Like I was dying to ask him about the NSCA case. I didn't ask him about that. It's his first time at my house. I don't want to fuck you. Yeah. Overwhelm him. Well, but, no, not. It doesn't mean the li- I wasn't even meaning the little things, but like, okay, man, you, you're step, you're stepping in, you're now driving the ship. Which way are we going? Like, what direction? What the? Di- what is our direction? Because every business is saying, "I want more people." Like, that's that's not a mission statement. That's a, I want the business to succeed, so obviously I have to get more people in that. But that's not a mission statement. So, like. A mission statement in my, like for my gym would be, I believe that everyone has the opportunity to thrive with their health and fitness. And we want to be the beacon for that. We want to be the light for that. How do we do that? Okay, well, now every decision that I make guides me towards that mission statement. I want people to thrive. How do we do that? He didn't say it on this show, but he said it on every other show that I watched that he was on, every other one. This is almost verbatim. I'm dogmatic about one thing, growth. Right. And we we talked about that. Which is a good thing. Growth is great. I mean, I'm not saying they don't want to grow. Right. And he did say this, Sevan, while talking to you. He said, we want to get more people exposed to CrossFit and be the biggest force that can help improve health globally. Yeah. Okay. All right. From, from, from the from the clip from the other podcast. No, that. Uh, oh, that was a. Oh, was yeah, that was. Yeah, that was. But, but still good. I'm telling you, I have watched everything he put out, and that was the that was it was just at the end that there was that gem, and that hit me most profoundly. That made me at least then I knew he he knows what he has in his hands. He he he's acutely aware that he's the leader of something that's that could have a deeply profound impact on planet Earth. He's he's very 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 aware of that. Bill, what did you think about his comment that uh, CrossFit is not for everyone, and the only thing that's required is a is the mindset? Um, I think that the fact that CrossFit is uh, put people, if you want to gain any sort of um, benefits, it's not going to be the pill like that article that that uh, that these guys are talking about. The you know, take this pill and it'll fight diabetes and blah blah blah. You're going to have to get a little bit uncomfortable. People don't like to get uncomfortable. So because of that, no, it's not for everyone. It's made for everyone, but not everyone will want to do it. And that always says it's for everyone. It will. It's not for everyone, but it's for anyone. Oh, yeah. Whatever that statement. I think I totally agree with. I don't disagree with that at all. 
Um, but then it's our job at the affiliate level, I think, uh, to educate. Like, I, in fact, he said this, and I, I put it up in the post, and I'm surprised no one said anything about it. When he mentioned uh, that you guys were talking back and forth about CrossFit Light, I fucking hate that. CrossFit Light. Give me a fucking break. <laughs> it's a scaled version of whatever the workout is for that day. It's not a CrossFit Light. Amen. It is a, it, it's, it's CrossFit. But you're doing your version so that you get the stimulus and the response and all that. Like, it's your workout. It's not CrossFit light. And I think that um, uh, it's our job on the affiliate level to educate people that come in. But we need help to get people to come here. When someone wants to lose weight, this is what I think HQ should do. And someone actually had, like, the Super Bowl commercial. Yeah, fuck yeah. I want to be separated out from all the other crap that's out there. For the in the in the health and fitness space, all the strength and conditioning programs, all the Pilates, all the bar, this, all, all of the stuff. Cool, they're out there. Yes, fine, whatever. But when someone wants to actually m- improve their life, not just I want to check the box and do something, but if they want to improve their life, automatically CrossFit will come up. So that if someone needs to pick what gym to go to, they're just looking at what CrossFit gym do I want to go to, not. All of the Word. that's out there. That's what I think. Or or doing CrossFit at some other gym. I'm fine with that. I'm fine if you go into Planet Fitness and do CrossFit. <laughs> well, well, I mean, I mean, I did. That's how yeah, I started. I was doing it yeah, at the local gym, doing CrossFit, and everyone looking at me all weird. Hey, do um uh, what is Lauren Khalil said that? What's the bottom word? Bill, there like, weren't CrossFit bottom gyms line. Yeah, <laughs> easy. We just well, called well, them, um, we, we called them caves back then. <laughs> Bill, Bill, you were the guy who asked me in a text one day, um, "Are you going to give Don a chance, or just fucking just start hating on him?" Um, yeah. w- w- after seeing a bunch of people uh, interview him, I don't know if you've met him yet. Do you do you, do, you, do you are you optimistic? Yeah, to- I, I absolutely. I, I think if anyone, if anyone is stepping into that position they have to realize that it's not gonna no no matter no matter even even rosa it doesn't matter who it was if you're gonna if you're gonna step in behind greg glassman and the greatest fitness change ever on the planet like you're kind of stepping into a shitstorm. and you know it will we'll see what sort of you know what sort of fortitude he has i mean obviously if you look at the guy's resume i mean he's he's kind of built for this kind of stuff you know, his resume like, is nuts. His resume yeah. is nuts. It's pretty cool. So, yeah, I yeah. I am. I like I like the things he said. I by me saying the the whole mission thing. Uh, it's I wasn't disagreeing with what he was saying or 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 anything like that. I just, I guess I just want to I want to hear him say where like where are we going, man? Like, tell me where we're going because when Glassman talked, it was like I knew exactly where I was going. The interesting enough, I don't want to be him. I don't want him to be. We haven't really heard Don talk yet, though. We haven't heard Don. Yeah, we haven't heard him address the community yet. He hasn't come out. It's an interesting thing. You go to his Instagram account, and he only has fifty seven hundred followers, and Rosa put on a hundred thousand, you know, overnight, which I think is very interesting uh, about the community. When Rosa came on, it was like fucking all the bees were out of the nest looking to attack something. I think the company has settled down. I think what he's doing so far. Um, not to, he hasn't done anything stupid so far, which is huge. That fits the Craig Howard model. Just don't like. Really, we need a leader who does doesn't fuck the brand up. And it, <laughs> and it would yeah. be so. It's so easy to fuck this thing up. 
And that's why I like the analogy of Steve Jobs and Tim Cook. Like Steve Jobs was the visionary. So he planted the seed as to making products that change people's lives, right? And he did the iPhone and everything else. He was a creative genius. And then when Tim Cook came into the company, his job was just to take that mission that was already implanted and just do it well so it doesn't doesn't fail. Not to become a new visionary and create a new mission, but just to hold true to the mission that was already set in place by the visionary, by the founder. And so the question is, is how do we transition from a Glade Glassman, a founder, a visionary, to somebody else who just knows how to stay true to that original vision and mission and not try to figure out what the new mission is, but how do we just make this mission more appetizing to everybody around us, but not change it in any manner as well? And I, I think that I think that you don't have to... Oh, well, then I guess that's what my question was when I was ta- saying that in the chat was, do, I felt like Rosa had a different mission. The mission was, I want to, you know, we're money on the table. Let's turn this into a corporate. I mean, all all of those things. Not bad. It's a money game. And I, I, I totally get all that. But you can have the old mission, the original mission, and, and have different actions to suit that mission and to push towards that mission. So I, I think that's where I was kind of wanting to hear him say was um, to, to, basically repeat what the old mission is and then be like, okay, what I'm trying to do right now is fine. I didn't what give him a chance. Is- I talked too much. I give him, I didn't That's, give him a chance. Possible. I, I'm a babbler like you are too. So I probably would have been the same way, but does that make sense? I yes. mean, I, 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 I well, I'm that's really the thing too, by the way, to he's, he's, do. he's a really good podcast guest because he will just go and go and go and, and, and he will feel the dead air if you let him, but, but you, but he also steers easy. He needs to be steered to the depths. Brian, whoever's under the table, tell them to get out. Brian, what do you think? Um, I'm, uh, I'm laughing at Chase. So much, Brian. I'm laughing at Chase. Chase is giving Bill a hard time. Again in the are, you, are you, are you optimistic? Are you optimistic, Brian? <clears throat> Uh, I mean, I, mostly my perspective towards this has just been a holding pattern. Like, I don't want to make any uh, because of what you just said. You know, he hasn't come out and addressed the community yet. Obviously, he and Dave have been making an effort to get out there and talk to people. But you have to do something with the information. <clears throat> that comment you put up just a little while ago saying if we're wanting Greg, we'll always be disappointed. That's not what Sousa's implying there. He's just saying you don't need to come in and recreate a brand new thing. You just need to keep the ship steering in the in the direction it was already going. And I, I think that he has a good enough head on his shoulders to understand that. I think that's kind of what he was saying by weaving around some of the things that you were asking him and giving some of the expected verbiage. But we're not going to know until or verbiage, but we, we won't know until some kind of action happens. So I'm hopeful that in the next couple of months, he'll, he will make some kind of public statement and we will start to see some of the things that he alluded to that they're talking about roll out. My guess is that in the build up to and throughout the open, we'll have a good opportunity to see some of those things, uh, him in action and some of the plans they've been working on start to take shape and we'll have more to say about it at that point. Let me ask you this, Brian. Um, it, it seems like I feel that the the you don't the feel sta- the statements i do sometimes the statements and stuff that you're talking about are very games oriented um do you see him driving the game side or driving the affiliate side because i feel like in this in this group that we have here we have Sue's on hardcore on the affiliate side we have you hardcore on the game side do you think his job is to take either one of those separate or have that overarching umbrella well, for, first of all, I do appreciate that my public 
persona in the spaces really uh, around the games. But in my life, I coach at an affiliate every day and I've, you know, been there for three and a half years. And it's really important to me that part of the equation as well. I think that he'll find uh, the, the median that CrossFit's almost been neglecting throughout the last decade, which is that the, they can build each other up. And the games has obviously been a driving force to getting people into the box. And the people in the box have obviously been supportive of the games. Not everyone on, on either side of those equations by any means, but there's definitely, I think if you ignore the fact that they can help each other, then you're limiting what either one of them can do. Oh, and you dude, can, I, and you I wasn't ignore saying the you game. I wasn't saying you weren't on the affiliate side. Dude, I know you're a coach. Come on now. You have to, <laughs> you, you were saying that, Bill. You have to, <laughs> you, you, you have to do some benign neglect of the games. And I think he's going to do that. The games is, 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 um, it's, it, she's the pretty girl in the room. She's the handsome guy in the room. Like, don't give them too much attention. Like, they, 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 it, it, it throws everything out of ba- balance. You know, I'm being that, a little heavy handed, but you have to give the game some benign neglect. And I hear this guy is, I think this guy understands that that monster is really happy over there. It's got plenty of attention. I think he's going to focus. I, I really hope he doubles down, quadruples down on just media. I hope he heard if they, I told myself I wasn't going to tell him, but I, I think I spit <laughs> I, I threw the whole kit and caboodle at him. Bring the journal back, hire a filmmaker, start telling the stories. It's a really simple play. And I, I even told him he can go back and look at the metrics from 2017 to 2018 and he'll see what happened there when we switched our media. Yeah, but see, but it, it, it all fits. It's like a, it's like a, it's like a Hydra. One, I agree. The games will benefit from it. That's why you can neglect it. Yes. The more people that go into affiliates, the more people will. The more people that go into affiliates spill out everywhere. They eventually take L ones. They get interested in the games. That's the thing. Roll the red carpet out as far as you can to the front door of the affiliate. What made what made the open when it first came out so cool was that you had those games athletes, and you had the never to be games athletes, first time ever worker outers, whatever, all doing the exact same workout. Whoa, dang. That's not for you, Bill. That's for you. <laughs> okay. Um, I and I, I think that that is that piece was a. We, we were the only fitness thing anywhere, any sport, any anything, where the every person could battle the world's best at the same time. You don't see that in marathons. You don't see that in basketball. You don't see that in baseball. You don't see that in bodybuilding. You don't see that anywhere. We were the only place they had. So that was our connection, that, 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 that piece. And yes, when they're in the affiliate, it's about the people that are losing weight and the people that are, you know, getting their first pull up or whatever. And over here on the sports side, these are the people that are doing everything that they can to win. And I mean, for even myself being in in the sport. To win the sport, 100%. To win the sport. I, like, I think it's I think it's drastically important that both pieces are together. I, I totally do. Like, I, I well, mean, there's I'm a, both of them, you know what I mean? So, I see that the Barbell Spin says that those two things have drifted too far away. And it actually was uh, something that Sousa and Hiller brought up in their little beach date video from uh, whatever that was. Is that back back in the 2010 to 14 time period, there were a ton of games athletes that were also embedded into the CrossFit community that had nothing yep. to do with the yep. games. And you think about Matt Chan and Tommy Hackenbrook and Chris Spieler, yeah. Bill Grumler, yep. Chase Ingram, Rich Froning, and just go down the list. All of yep. these people that were investing their life outside of the sport into building up the affiliate, the community, the seminars, et cetera. And the games athletes have drifted from that in the last 
you know, five to basically since 2015 till now where they're not, now they're pursuing professional careers in the sport and their own brands and marketing and all of, of that thing. And you don't see them teaching seminar staffs. You don't see them opening affiliates. The ones that are still doing that, we're already doing it. The Scott Panchicks and the Ben Smiths, et cetera. Yeah. There's and I think a, that, you know, there's not a Roman Krennikov, Ricky Garrard affiliate. You don't see these guys going on there and talking about the way that they're or, or living it out in their, in their lives outside of the sport. And those are just two it, of them. Do you think it's a bad thing or a good thing? It's just, it's different. And it's something that people like uh, Don, when answering this question, should recognize is that the landscape of what the games athletes are doing for the community still might be important, but it's very different than it was 10 years ago. I think if you want them to feed each other, you gotta, if you qualify for the games, you immediately get a free L1. You immediately get a free L1. You qualify for the games, you immediately get a free L1. If you're an affiliate owner, once a year, you get two free L1s to give to somebody in your membership. So you got an added value proposition to the affiliates because now I could, I could find my bright spot, as Chris Cooper would say, in the gym and say, Hey, Bill, you're awesome with the members. Have you ever considered going to get your L1? Well, no, I haven't, or it was too expensive. Cool. I got two that I get to give scholarships to. We're giving you one this year. Okay, then you get all the games athletes and then you give them the L1s. And then what you do is you take a low budget film crew, just somebody inside the L1 that's constantly, as Savon said, finding the heaviest person in that room and going right up to him with the camera and say, hey, tell us your story. Why are you here? What affiliate do you belong to? Right. So you have that. But then you also do that with the new games athletes that are coming in, especially the up and comers. They'd want the attention. They want to be shown on the CrossFit Games platform. They'd want to be shown on the CrossFit platform. And now you have the intersection of where methodology meets the competitor. And now the competitor is there going, this was awesome. I'm here and I did my L1 and I'm 18 and this changed my life. And I'm going to take this back to my mom and I'm going to take it back to my grandma. And then CrossFit Games gets to post that up and hey, say, hey, look, don't even let out. them compete in the games until they've taken the L1. Fuck those guys. <laughs> make it the make it the gatekeeper. But if yeah. you if you continue to It's a safety push, thing. It's a safety thing. You got to take you your put, L1 before you compete in the games. There you go. Yeah, there you go. And if you push everybody through the L1 and then continue to highlight that spot, not only does it just create um, keep spreading the message of the methodology, but it's also the feeder into the affiliates because Savon, you said it, the, the L1 was the spreader of the DNA in the culture of CrossFit, the community. We That's didn't even get to game. that. Yeah. Yeah. And if so, if you were going to say, Hey, how do you get more people excited about CrossFit? Well, you spew your DNA all over them. That it was is the way. Gross. It that is the way. Gross. That was for Savon specifically. <laughs> I know. I figured. You he he got out of the Marine Corps in 2003. So so he. what's interesting also is that he found CrossFit afterwards. So when he was getting out, uh, that shit was just like just getting on the web. Uh, anything else you want to add, Brian? Oh, glad that he came on and hopefully you can have him back. Uh, I'm excited to see what the next few months look like. I mean, I think he says he's been setting the table at this point and we got to see what, uh, what's going to be delivered. I really wish he would have been wearing a CEO shirt. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Do you send him one ahead of time? Here, hey, here's the, here's the, I, this on the show? here's the, I'll tell you how I failed. I'll tell you my mission for him coming on the podcast. There were two things. I, there was only one of two things I wanted. Nice hat. I either wanted him to cry or I wanted him to invite me to the gym to work out. Then I would have known that I, that I, I cracked the seal. Those things could have only happened in the last 30 minutes that you didn't get. Good point. Thank you. God, Brian, you're a good dude. <laughs> uh, Savon Loki just nailed it. Make the games athletes get their L1s. Think of the amount of no reps you'd have. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
I wonder if this would look good on my microphone. Should I just put this on here permanently? Yeah, it looks, I look damn good, dude. Look at that. <laughs> Hell yes. <laughs> Hell yes. Caleb, how many people? Um, how many people uh, do do you see people besides you doing CrossFit uh, on your deployment? Oh yeah, the, the tent's pretty packed just about every day. Uh, and they're doing. And most everyone's doing CrossFit. Yeah. I wanted to ask him this too, Caleb. I wanted to ask him if he recognized who the base was of CrossFit. If he, if he knows that it's first responders, that it was basically the. Uh, I mean, back in the day, all the Google searches were coming from bases all over the world. Yeah, we have a lot of bases that are affiliated. Like they get their, they have like their base gym is an affiliate itself, and then they get a bunch of people with their L ones that coach classes and stuff. It's it's pretty rampant. And you know, if you're in the army, you can take a free L one now. Yeah, most the army nice. will pay. The, well, not free. The army will pay for it, which is crazy. I wanted to talk to him about that pay too. For ours, but that's okay. They need to. Uh I'm I'm ready to go outside. Uh, any, anyone want to finish with anything? I was re- I was stoked you got him on here, dude. That was awesome. Cool, thank you. That was really cool. It, it, it's really it's him. It's pretty cool that he did it. No, hundred percent. Well, and that's what I mean. Like it, the dude has a plus in the win section right there because of all the people. If there was anyone else, you know that they would have tried to, or it would have appeared that they would have tried to sidestep you because you're you always seem to be the. Uh, the tough question guy. So, but I um, let you down, Bill. No, no, you did great. You did a <laughs> great job. Did. You did a great job. Bill's lying right now. Look at him. <laughs> <laughs> hey, and I like the way Brian says it. You let us down, but it's not your fault. You didn't have that extra. <laughs> yeah, right. He had to go. So, you know, you can only do so much. <laughs> uh, I will tell you this. I'm really excited about a guest coming up. I reached out to Emma Carey and Emma Carey has agreed to come on the show. I'm really excited. I've never interviewed her. I think she is up there as one of the highest prospects that CrossFit's uh, going to see. We've invited probably 40 athletes to come on the show over the next month. Uh, we're going to double down on CrossFit as we go through Rogue. And so um, I, I want to do so much CrossFit that I get nauseated by it again. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks, everyone, for checking in. Brian, thanks for coming on. Bill, thanks for coming on. Caleb, yep. you demand. Thanks, guys. Sousa, about time you're back. <laughs>